I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Norbert Stope, who is in the Mathematics Department at MIT, and we're talking about uh, the research that he's done and a team of people have done about wrinkling and wrinkles. So, Norbert, can you tell us uh, what math is involved in that research and understanding wrinkles? So the math involved in understanding wrinkles is nonlinear uh, mechanics or nonlinear dynamics, one could call. So it's mathematics where things are pretty difficult because you have to solve partial differential equations and they're nonlinear. That means you cannot just add a little bit of something and expect the same outcome. Furthermore, what we have in these uh, equations of wrinkling is differential geometry. So you need to know a great deal about geometry and how things behave when they are on, on surfaces. And that makes uh, the whole story rather complicated, I would say. And those solutions are numerical solutions to the PDEs? The solutions that we present are mostly numerical solutions to the, to the PDEs. Although you can uh, say something about the stability of these solutions, so when which solution appears, by analytical tools. Why is this research important? So there are a number of applications for uh, wrinkling that are really important and starting to gain more and more uh, importance now in industry. One is, for instance, that you can use wrinkling on tiny spheres to change their uh, surface properties. So for instance, you can affect the uh, friction coefficients of these uh, spheres. You can imagine if they're wrinkled, they uh, tend to stick to each other, which is, so friction is effectively uh, increased. So that's one way how people want to apply this in uh, industrial applications. The other application where wrinkling is really important is that you can uh, use it to uh, fabricate microlens arrays for optical applications. It's a very cheap way to create these uh, microlens arrays. You basically just take a, a thin transparent film and you wrinkle it and there you go. And last but not least, you can also use it to change the aerodynamic properties of an object in a very smart way. You can basically adapt the wrinkles on an object in such a way that it always has the minimal aerodynamic resistance depending on the speed by which the object travels in the air. So that's some of the promising, well, let's say, applications that are based on wrinkling. You're talking about the, the aerodynamic properties. Is it true that the idea was to alter them as it's in flight? Yes, absolutely. But what's found out using experiments is that basically the strength of the wrinkles, or the amplitude of these wrinkles, when you modulate them in flight, you can basically get the lowest aerodynamic uh, friction depending on the speed by which the object travels. So think of, I mean, let's, let's be a bit uh, adventurous. Let's think of a car. So when the car travels at a slow speed, you would modulate the surface of the car in such a way that, for instance, small wrinkles appear that uh, reduce the friction. And as the car travels faster and faster, you have to change these wrinkling patterns in order to still have the lowest possible friction coefficient. So you have to change it basically while the object is moving, adapting it to the speed by which it travels. And it's kind of an interesting story as to how this research came about. Could you give us an insight into that? Yes, so that's basically a big coincidence uh, that this research came uh, together in this form. So uh, the uh, experiments were originally done on, on spheres. Uh, spheres were wrinkled in the uh, group of uh, Professor Peter Rice here at uh, MIT. 
And he had a postdoc who did these experiments, Denis Tervanier, and he talked to us here at the math department about these interesting experiments because what they observed is that you can actually get two patterns of wrinkling. You can either have a labyrinth-like structures, like furrows, that adopt a really difficult and complicated geometry, or alternatively, when the curvature of the objects is very high, you find hexagonal arrangements of dimples. So they were very puzzled by this uh, observation, and so were we. Uh, so we is uh, Professor Joram Dunkel here at, uh, at MIT, uh, a collaborator of mine, Romain Lagrange, and me, myself. So when we saw it, we thought that ah, there must be some mathematical theory. We can understand why one gets different wrinkling patterns. And that's how we all got together and uh, thought, let's work on a theory for that. And you came up with something that was much simpler than people would have guessed. Yes. So I would say the major difficulty in uh, understanding wrinkling is that one traditionally starts from the mechanical uh, equations of soft bodies. So basically elasticity equations. And these elasticity equations, they're horrible. (laughs) So uh, you have a lot of uh, variables that you need to consider stress fields, uh, displacement fields, material properties. And when you want to look at this on on curved surfaces, on spheres, then it's almost impossible to gain any insight uh, using analytical tools. So what we did instead is we chose a different approach where we said, let's look at the basic ingredients that are necessary, uh, that are really necessary to obtain these patterns. And let's see if we can somehow relate these necessary terms in an equation to the original elasticity equations. And this is what turned out to be an approach that happily worked out very well. Yeah, so like you were saying, there were a lot of things that go into it. It looks like a lot of things could affect it, but you were able to boil it down to just a couple, which was a great find. Yes, so uh, that was really, I could say, uh, we were lucky. (laughs) It turned out to be uh, rather simple. So, uh, yes, in principle, you have a lot of material properties, like the stiffness of uh, this uh, substrate, the stiffness of the film, the thickness of the film. Then there are uh, things called the Poisson ratio, which tells you how much a material is deforming when you when you pull it. So it basically shrinks in width when you pull it. Uh, you know that from rubber. When you stretch a rubber band, it, it uh, reduces its width, becomes thinner and thinner. So all these things, yeah, could potentially affect uh, wrinkling. And what we found out is that this is uh, basically not really relevant. So what is uh, relevant is only the uh, curvature of the object with respect to the thickness of the film. And finally, the stress that you impose on your film. So uh, the relationship is this, that if you have a highly curved object, so basically a small ball with a very thick uh, surface coating, then you uh, tend to build these hexagonal, well-ordered, dimpled patterns. And as you make curvature uh, flatter and flatter, you tend to get these uh, stripe or, or labyrinth-like furrow structures. And the stress that you impose on the film has a similar effect. So as you increase the stress more and more, you first start to build hexagonal dimple patterns, so these ordered structures. And then if you go beyond that, increasing the stress in the film, you end up eventually always in these labyrinth-like patterns. And that's basically uh, all that matters. And now further research might look at different surfaces, different shapes? Yes. So 
I would say the beauty of the uh, approach that we that we developed is that it's not only applicable to spheres, but it's uh, formulated in a very generic way so that we can apply it to other surfaces. Uh, think of uh, of a donut, uh, so basically a torus, or um, saddle point shapes, etc. So there are really a, a lot of surfaces that you can study this way. And so, Norbert, is there anything you'd like to add any, about the research or about the math in general? Well, maybe what I can add is that what's really the beauty of this collaboration that we had here basically came together in a <laughs> in a big uh, coincidence. It was a very uh, lucky situation. I'm very happy uh, also the people that were involved. It was a, a really great collaboration and friendship that developed out of it, which is sometimes something which is forgotten in science and not mentioned. But it's also about working with people, and I really enjoyed that. All right. Well, thank you. That's Norbert Stope, who is in the mathematics department at MIT. Norbert, thanks very much. Thank you very much, Mike.